Uh, as we do that, we know a lot of you have jumped on board here in the comments, uh, excited about this situation, understanding there's already been some news today, not necessarily favorable to the University of Alabama football program. Traveris Robinson, as you saw earlier this morning, moving on to the University of Georgia, going to join Kirby Smart staff. Still a long way to go in figuring out this staff. I know it's easy to connect dots at this stage, but we still don't know for sure. And there you see Kalen DeBoer and his wife and two daughters now taking their places up on the podium or near the podium. There's Greg Byrne, athletics director for the University of Alabama. Got to let things play out as far as how this is going to work from a staff perspective. But uh, still a lot of excitement. I know we've been reporting there at BamaOnline.com. Sounds like Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator for Kalen DeBoer, uh, could very well be joining uh, DeBoer in Tuscaloosa. So offensively, some things to keep in mind there. And what we're going to do now is we see Chris Stewart emceeing the introduction we're going to go ahead and uh, crank that up for you right here on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. Not surprising that uh, the DeBoers were given such an incredible greeting at the airport yesterday and from Alabama fans all throughout the course of the morning as well. But we're so glad you're here and we look forward to learning more about you very soon. At this time, it's my honor to introduce the president of the University of Alabama. Please welcome Dr. Stuart Bell. Thank you, Chris, and good afternoon, everyone. Today is an exciting day for the University of Alabama community, our fans, certainly across this nation, and I think, I've, as I've learned, literally across the globe, the excitement. Today marks a new chapter in Crimson Tide football program, and I am filled with immense anticipation and enthusiasm for what lies ahead. I want to express my gratitude to each person in this room who has played a vital role in supporting our university and the Alabama football program. Your guidance, your dedication to the university and our programs continues to be instrumental in the success that we enjoy year over year. First, a special acknowledgement is due to Coach Saban and Miss Terry, whose influence on our student athletes have just been outstanding immeasurable contributions and also to our university community but also Tuscaloosa and West Alabama is just truly unparalleled. Your legacy will forever be, be interwoven with the fabric of the university and we're profoundly thankful for enduring impact on our student athletes who are in West Alabama but again truly all over the world. Thank you coach for all that you have done. Also want to absolutely I also want to express my appreciation to Athletic Director Greg Byrne, whose leadership and hard work, and I don't think hard work really captures uh, the last few days, but he has been instrumental in identifying the right person, the perfect person to lead our football program forward, to develop our student athletes and to represent our university. Greg, thank you for all you've done. Much gratitude as well to all of our UA Board of Trustees media who are with us here today. Thank you for your leadership, for your guidance. Uh, Pro Tem Scott Phelps, also special thanks to our athletic 
chair, Mike Brock, over the last couple of days has also spent a lot of time in working with the Chancellor, uh, Finest St. John, and to everyone's ongoing leadership, guidance, and support uh, throughout this process. Thank you for that. So as we embark on this next exciting chapter, I am truly thrilled for the future of the Crimson Tide. Our elite student athletes continue to represent our university with distinction and demonstrate excellence both academically as well as on the field. Their success remains a pride point and a hallmark for this university. Without further delay, I'll now turn it over to Greg Byrne, who will officially introduce our new head coach, share more details about the transformative moment that we're at for Crimson Tide football. Roll Tide, Greg. Thank you, Dr. Bell. Um, this is an exciting day for the University of Alabama as we welcome Kalen DeBoer as our 28th head football coach. Thank you to Dr. Bell, Chancellor St. John, uh, Athletic Chair Mike Brock, uh, our Board of Trustees for your leadership and support at all times and especially during the last few days. Appreciate Coach Saban and Miss Terry so much for being here today and we look forward to celebrating them and their incredible accomplishments in the future. When I met with the team the other day after coach announced his retirement, I asked them to give us 72 hours to help find our next head coach. I received a text from a friend shortly thereafter that said, every coaching search day feels like the equivalent of seven days. When you're in the middle of it, there's some truth to that. Even with that, we were able to hire Coach DeBoer in 49 hours. Regina and I want to, and I want to thank her for all of her support during this. We had a great conversation with Coach DeBoer and Nicole in Seattle just two days ago. And from there, I knew he was the right choice for the Crimson Tide. Simply put, Coach DeBoer is a winner. In his nine seasons as a head coach, he's 104 and 12. He went 25-3 in his 25 and 3 in his two seasons at Washington after taking over a challenging situation. As we know and watched, he just led the Huskies to the 2024 college football playoff national championship game. Washington won the 2023 Pac-12 championship. They recorded the most wins in a season in Washington program history with full program history with 14 last year. He won six of the eight National Coach of the Year awards in 2023 and is back-to-back Pac-12 Coach of the Year award winner. In his last two years, his teams went 10 and one against ranked opponents. The list goes on and on. He's a ball coach. Impressive as those accolades are, what stands out equally as much are his relationships off the field and the way he cares about his players. One of the many things I felt responsibility for in the search was to make sure we had someone who cared for our kids just as much as Coach and Miss Terry did. And at the end of the day, when we're hiring a coach, I ask a simple question because I got to keep it pretty simple for myself. 
Is this, someone I, is this someone I would want my son to play for? The answer for Coach DeBoer is absolutely. We are thrilled to welcome Kalen, his wife, Nicole, his daughters, Alexis and Avery, here today as we introduce the next head football coach of the University of Alabama, Kalen DeBoer. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, this is exciting. This is really exciting for myself and my family. Um, as uh, they were introduced, uh, I, I, first of all, I got a lot of thank yous and, and people I want to uh, show some appreciation to. But uh, Nicole, Alexis, Avery, um, you know, this journey that we're on called life, right? Uh, it's, uh, it's special. And, you know, special days like this are the ones that we're never going to forget. And uh, I can't thank them enough for their support, uh, their love. They're the ones that allow me to each and every day leave the house, uh, go to work, and give everything I have to our, our players, our staff, um, to help us be the best we can be. So I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to thank uh, Greg. Um, I know this is happening fast, and I've, I just can't say enough about the, the trust uh, that you have in me and how much I appreciate that. Uh, it means so much. Um, we had never met, we had never met, you know, and, uh, you know, to, to do your due diligence and all of that and, uh, go through the process. Um, you know, I really appreciate it. And I just, uh, I'm so excited to lock arms with you as I am the rest of the athletic department, all the head coaches here and uh, continue to build on the great tradition of Alabama athletics as a whole, you know, so many championships, so many great coaches. I cannot wait to meet. Um, we're going to continue to strive to make this thing better all together. Um, President Bell and uh, Chancellor St. John, appreciate you guys as well. Looking forward to building this university together. And uh, it's special. And uh, thanks for this opportunity. Um, I could go on and on about the next person I need to thank, show appreciation to, love, and you all know who that is, and Coach Saban. Uh, we just talked for the first time yesterday. And uh, I've been his ear a couple times already here. And man, I can just feel in his voice. Um, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen it for many years. Um, you know, this place is special. It's special to him, but it's special to all of you because he's what he, he's built it up to be. Um, it's not just about the championships. I, meet with the, I met with the team last night and heard from them and heard why they came here, okay? A lot of great reasons all tied to the Alabama brand, the education, um, playing here, you know, each and every Saturday and uh, the support that they, they get. But obviously there was a, a major piece of that where they came here because Coach Saban and uh, Miss Terry, you know, poured everything into them and they, they just saw the vision and wanted to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege um, to be to be chosen to be in this role. It's one I don't take lightly. Um, and I know that Coach Saban's been working hard to make sure that this program is in a great spot for the next person to take over. I think there's, he hasn't told me this, but I think there's an intentionality um, that's been in place. You know, you kind of figure out, um, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think you kind of know at some point 
You don't know when that point is, but you want to make sure it's in a great place. And as you can see, just from this past season, um, it's in a great place. And being in a room last night where, you know, I saw a team that has stuck together. Greg talked about 72 hours. Okay. I want you to put yourself in those guys' shoes. Okay. The legendary coach, okay, that they came to play for. All right. And now what's next? And I can't tell you how much I appreciate them already. And I've had multiple meetings last night, today with them, individually, leadership groups. I, I know how badly they want to continue the tradition, how they want to do it the right way. And them just getting to know me here in just a few hours, it's been a blast. And I can't wait for the journey that lies ahead. But Coach Saban, thank you for all you've done, um, for laying the foundation for myself this, and the rest of this uh, staff that will hire and these players to continue to build on everything you, you've done here. So thank you. He's the best in the business to ever do it. I'm just, I'm just gonna make sure that's all known that that's how I feel and 100% uh, access, okay, to everything. I would be a fool if that wasn't the case. I would be a fool. And uh, I'm going to ask him that he uh, shows up and make sure he gives me at least one thing every day. I'm sure he's going to have ten. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be good with that. But uh, at least one thing that he sees uh, that we can get better at. And so um, I also think it's it's so important to understand that uh, most programs don't just have, they they don't even have one legend right uh, that that's in their program or come through through the years. And we have probably more than two if you really want to talk about it, but uh, Coach Bryant, right? And when I talked to Coach Saban yesterday, he spoke of that. And, you know, that just right there told me um, just how humble uh, he is and how grateful he has been to follow in someone else's shoes and continue to build on what we have here at Alabama. Um, you know, I have so many mentors that have helped me get to this spot. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, but every play or every coach that I've sat in a film room with, uh, a staff room, when I was an assistant, when I've been a head coach, the head coaches I've worked for, uh, I just, they, they hold such a, a strong spot in my heart because they've all helped me get to the place where I'm at today. And uh, I'll get into the players and what I want to see out of them and how we want them to grow uh, while they're here at Alabama. But I also want to make sure that the coaches that I continue to have the privilege to work with each and every day, each and every year, that they understand the commitment I have to them to help them meet their aspirations and goals. Many of them want to be coordinators. Many of them want to be head coaches. And I'm looking forward to that journey for them. Um, when, I think, when I think about different words, and I'll have a few here that I'll, I'll, I'll bring to you. One of them is embrace. And I think you get the sense that embracing the tradition and embracing um, the athletic department um, it's something that's very special to me. I also want you to know that you as a community, everyone here, I can't wait for my family and I to embrace you and, uh, you know, feel that same thing uh, back to us. I know that that will be the case. I don't have to look much past last night when we flew in and the welcome and the reception that was there. Um, it was it was so awesome. It was not overwhelming, but uh, it was very close to it. And uh, I appreciate that. I also, I think, want to make sure our alumni know that I'll embrace them and 
that this will always be their place. This will always be their home. I know that uh, so many have gone through and played for Coach Saban, and uh, that should not change as far as how they feel about this place. And we need you. And, uh, you know, the investment hours that have been put in by me compared to what has made this place what it is, um, for me, it's very little. And uh, I want to learn the stories. I want to learn all the great moments. Um, I know many of them. I've watched from afar. But I know there's so many behind the scenes and things that are just important to the tradition and the alumni and can't wait to have you here and uh, hear all your great stories um, along the way. But, um, you know, I just want to reiterate my excitement. And, you know, people ask, I've already asked, like, why would you go to Alabama? Why? Well, I think there's a lot of really obvious answers, right? And I've touched on that. When it comes to tradition and the history of the program, it's second to none, okay? And when I look at it, places that I want to be, it's about winning championships. And that's an expectation that I cannot wait um, and accept as a privilege to try to uphold winning SEC championships, winning national championships. That's expectation and a love and an interest that I've always had and a passion that I'll have and looking forward to carry on with our players, our staff, and all of you here um, as we go through, as we go through these uh, years ahead. The resources, the facilities, everything that can be here to support our, our players, our staff. That's my role as a head coach is to provide that atmosphere, that environment. And when you have resources like we have here at Alabama, it makes my job easier, okay? And uh, looking forward to, to uh, utilizing and showing off <laughs> these resources to the, those that wanna be uh, wearing the crimson. Um, a belief of mine when it comes to just athletics is that it brings people together. Again, last night, right? People coming together and in a much bigger fashion in this, uh, in this beautiful stadium here behind you, um, bringing people together, bringing a community together. Uh, I'm learning about the enrollment of the university and how it's grown, you know, and that's, I know, a credit to what the football program but has done, but also to uh, everyone else, you know, buying into the philosophical beliefs of uh, this great university. But um, when it comes to, to, you know, bringing people together, that is a passion of mine. Um, there's something special about, you know, being a head coach and the investment that goes into trying to make all the different pieces fit, having the right people in those places. And these facilities are awesome, but it's the people that make the place special. It truly is. And I felt that and I've heard that from Greg as we talk um, that you here, you all, um, you have made this special. And it's not just about these beautiful resources, these beautiful facilities. So I'm looking forward to getting to know each and every one of you. I think alignment is important. So when we're talking about, you know, why Alabama alignment from president on through to Greg, to the head coach and on down, I just think that the alignment and, you know, just everything that we're all trying to accomplish together in locking arms and, and uh, fighting the same fight that we all want and, and knowing that uh, our passions um, are all the same. Uh, that alignment is critical and the programs and the universities and all the, the, the different uh, sport teams that have success, there's usually some sort of alignment. And uh, we certainly have that here on a very strong level at Alabama. And I'm 100% convinced of that. When it comes to our goals, I shared with you, it's to win the SEC in a national championship. But how are we going to do that? We're going to do that with class. 
We're gonna do it with integrity, okay, with academic ex excellence. And um, that is uh, my job to make sure we uphold the standard that has been set here at Alabama uh, and continue to build on that. When it's, uh, when it's about winning, um, you know, it's also about a culture. And I will share with our guys that as we already have here a culture that is contagious, and you'll hear me say that many times, I cannot wait to add to that, continue to make it to where you can feel through the TV screen when someone's watching a game, how hard our guys play and how much they love each other and care for each other and how badly they wanna win for all of you. And you know the culture will be contagious and more and more people, just as it's been, will wanna continue to be a part of this. And the last piece, uh, when it comes to developing players, athletically, academically, socially, and even spiritually, okay? And that being our focus as a staff, we, in the end, wanna make sure that we're building better men. Wanna build better men because someday, okay, football will be over, okay? Someday, real life will hit you in the face. And building better men and this time that we're going through, this phase in their life, it is one of the most influential that they will have. And it is, it is a privilege, it is an honor to be someone in a position that can have that influence. And I don't take that like, lightly, and I will surround myself with a staff that will be great husbands, great fathers, great people, provide a template for our great players that come through here to understand what it looks like to be a man. And uh, that's an awesome goal. Our staff will have a lot of attributes and, and qualities, um, and that will definitely be one of them. And so, um, you know, developing athletically, academically, socially, and spiritually. What's next? Uh, you know, as we build our team, uh, last night, just got to hear from some guys. Uh, wasn't a lot of questions, uh, especially as a whole team, but, you know, you break off into little segments and then, then, they, then they start talking. And, uh, and that's what I want to hear. I want to hear what makes this place special. Um, I want to hear about the traditions that I'm unaware of. I want to hear about all the things that, that really matter to them and uh, ingrain myself into what's been special about Alabama football. But it all starts with the relationships and communication, which builds the trust that we must have to step on the football field with great chemistry, as you've seen years upon years upon years, okay? It isn't just about talent. Talent gets you a long ways, but the championship teams have something special. They have that it factor. And the relationships that we will build will help us have an accountability for each other, okay? Accountability to ourselves, accountability from coach to coach, coach to player, player to player, player to coach. We'll also form a brotherhood, a brotherhood that is so tight, okay, that anything that comes our way will not break us. And we'll be tough. And we call these our three non-negotiables that we will stand by and the toughness piece. It's not just physical, okay, which is what Alabama football prides itself on. It will also be mental. Mental toughness, understanding how to handle adversity, because we understand the challenge that it takes to win a national championship. We understand that it's not easy. It never is, but anything worth anything at all is hard. And we're looking forward to that journey and to those, uh, to those uh, challenges. When it comes to a style of football, um, I, don't, I don't know what you've seen about how we've played, but obviously playing hard um, is, a, is a big piece of it. But what we try to do, it's always gonna be around our personnel. It's, it's always, yes, we're gonna recruit the best, the, the highest character guys, 
but we're going to be able to have, have uh, concepts and systems that are, are able to be adjusted uh, to what we have and what our strengths are. Uh, as much as we have great players at every position, there are some positions that are stronger than others from year to year. And we will be explosive. I can promise you that. We will be aggressive. We will attack. And, um, you know, we understand that the game was meant to be played one way still, and that's to be physical and dominate in the line of scrimmage and control it from both sides of the ball will always be a staple of our program. And as we go through, as we go through utilizing our personnel and having a dominant offense and defense, along with fundamental, fundamental special teams, um, you know, I hope you guys enjoy coming to games and seeing how we play, and enjoying, you know, wanting to to come in and and uh, you know cheer on and and understand that the guys that are wearing those helmets, um, they have a lot of talent, but they're really special people and uh, pouring everything they can into it. When it comes to recruiting, and I can go on and on um, about how we will recruit, um, it is, I understand it's the lifeblood of our program and we can have great coaches, but the guys on the field are the ones that make the place. And a relentless attitude starting with first and foremost myself and our, then leading to our staff, it's what it's gonna take um, to be the best of the best here with tough competition here in the SEC and to win a national championship. I'm looking forward to rolling up my sleeves and uh, going to work. And I want to say one more thing um, because this is something that's very important to me and I wanted to say it last um, because I knew I might get emotional, I'm not sure, but I need to thank some people, okay, back at Washington. And it's a special place to me, it really is. And this was one of the few places, maybe the only place that I would have ever left to come coach at, because I understand what Alabama football is all about. And those those guys that I sat in front of a room yesterday, I know what they're going through because I saw the same thing less than 24 hours ago. And I just I just want to tell everyone because I know they're they're watching. I just want to tell you guys I love you. I will miss you. And um, you know. I want nothing but the best for everyone back there. And uh, the journey of the last two years have been special. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the new journey that lies ahead. I'm looking for those new challenges here. Cannot wait, like I said, to roll up my sleeves with all of you, with our team, okay? And go to battle each and every day, each and every, each and every week, each and every year. So thank you and roll time. We were all waiting on it, and you didn't disappoint. You got the roll tight in, Coach. Great job. <laughs> Fantastic. At this time, uh, would like to ask the media that uh, will be attending the breakout question and answer sessions, uh, if you would, make your way to the west elevators to my right, your left. Uh, print media will be in the recruiting room. Cameras will be in the media room. 
So again, if the, uh, the print media would head to the recruiting room and the cameras to the media room, again, to, uh, to my right, uh, guests that are attending the reception, So there you have it. Kalen DeBoer introduced as the 28th football coach at the University of Alabama. Some interesting comments from DeBoer. As you also heard there at the end, there's going to be some breakout Q&As. Charlie Potter of the BamaOnline.com staff going to be there, going to be getting more information, more specifics as it relates to Kalen DeBoer taking over the program. Sure, there's going to be some granular sort of details that we're going to learn from those sessions as it relates to recruiting, as it relates to roster retention and philosophies and different areas of the football team. But a lot to get into. You are more than welcome to jump on board in the comments here. We'll try to get to some of your questions and comments in the wake of Kalen DeBoer being officially announced as the new head coach of football at the University of Alabama. And there he is, Tim Watts, site publisher with us there at BamaOnline.com. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, I thought, handled it about as well as you could, given the magnitude of the situation. Uh, unless you're a trained professional public speaker, that's a, that's a big one to jump into. And it, I said this before the press conference. You know, this was a press conference that was also conducted in one of the clubs at Bryant-Denny Stadium. It made it even bigger than what it typically feels like. With Nick Saban, when he was introduced to him back in 2007, it was at the Naylor Stone Media Suite there at the football facility. Much more intimate, a lot of people piled in there. And I'm sure for a crowd perspective, they, they wanted to have room to make this work. But also Nick Saban, Terry Saban on hand. Tim, um, just your initial thoughts of Kalen DeBoer and how he handled things. I thought he handled it great. I mean, you know, football coaches seldom are like the uh, a political speaker. I thought he spoke from his heart. I thought he was direct. I know things were going a million miles an hour. I mean, 24 hours ago, he was the, he was in Washington, right? He was Seattle. He was still the the Washington coach, and the you know hit the ground at 8:30 last night. Met with the team at nine o'clock. 10 o'clock, you know, you know, it's my understanding he met with the coaches and was back in the office. And I know some of the old staff were there burning the midnight oil. So there was a lot of going on, a lot of meetings. Woke up this morning, probably didn't know where he was at. Two hour, you know, big time difference, too. This guy's on a, he's on a different time difference uh, schedule all of a sudden. Um, finding his clothes, finding his suit, preparing his speech, trying not to, you know, forget. You don't want to forget anybody, right? You want to yeah. make sure you touch on all that and. You know, then at the end, to even address Washington, um, very emotional. You could see what he said, but I thought, you know, A-plus, you know, what you expected. It didn't feel fake. You know, I always felt that way when I saw Franchoni's, you know what I mean? Like, I felt Franchoni was just filling the blank with the name of the school. You know, when he went to Texas A&M, he did the howdy. You know, he had all that stuff, much more polished. I thought this was what I expect from a, a college football coach, some emotions, and a little bit overwhelmed. And again, like you said, a room full of people. I mean, this dude arrived at the airport, you know, grew up there. What'd you, what'd you say? It's 3,300 people, his hometown. 
Washington's a good football program and all, but dude, this is, it's not the same as it is at Alabama. I mean, you saw him last night and lined up and waiting on him. You saw when he got all kind of grinning, you know, he's like, well, Hey, Hey, there's more over there. So um, I give him an A plus. I thought it was a good effort and, you know, kind of what you expected to hear. I thought Greg Burns comments before we heard from DeBoer were interesting too, Tim. And I think they lined up with exactly what you and our, folks at BamaOnline.com pretty much reported throughout the process that, you know, Greg went out to Seattle a couple of days ago, okay? So when you start doing math on this search and all the reports that were out there, I think that makes it pretty clear that Byrne meeting with DeBoer and his family a couple of days ago, that's Thursday at the latest, you know, that kind of points to this guy being right there at the top of the list really throughout this process, doesn't it? Are you saying that Dan Lanning could have been in Tuscaloosa and Greg <laughs> Byrne was in Seattle? Is this – hold on. Well, they, they, it, was a, right it, was, it was an orchestrated smokescreen to bring Dan yes. Lanning all the way over because Greg was actually going to Seattle. It all makes sense now, Tim. Now we know. It's like the end of Usual Suspects. But, yeah, I mean, you saw – I mean – the fact he didn't even know him, you know, I thought that was a good part to throw in. Like, I didn't even know you, but now, you know, I love you. Um, I think we said this before. We've said it this way. I think Greg Burning knew exactly who he wanted to target as his number one target. Now, whether or not they were looking at, you know, some of the bigger name guys, the no-brainers and all that stuff, I mean, maybe, I don't know. But I know that this was a target. I don't think it was anybody else. Um the time frame didn't allow for it to be anybody else. You know, I think if it wouldn't have been him, you'd have found out who else was on the board. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this search – and, again, I made a message board post a couple of hours ago. It's been – it was at the time it was 69 hours. I mean, we're still two and a half hours away from 72 hours. Yeah, Burns said the total time from Nick's announcement to having an agreement in place with DeBoer was 49 hours. Yeah, he's showing off, right? Yeah, he's he flexing put himself a little, on a which he should. Yeah. Absolutely. He should be running around with his shirt off today. I mean, he <laughs> turned around and said 72, and we all said, whoa, whoa, buddy. Even we wouldn't, even the fan base wouldn't have put that on you, but then to deliver in 49, um, yeah. impressive. And again, what he said, everything he said, there's not an old school, anybody over 27 who didn't love what he said we're going to be physical we're going to score a lot we're not going to give up a lot we're going to be we want to explosive. be good on the offense we want to be good on the yeah not only did he say explosive he was like oh we're gonna be explosive like there and was, we are gonna attack yes know? we're gonna attack you know he said all the things that you wanted to hear um you know especially you know old school guys want to hear dominate on the offense and defensive line and again 12 sacks last year given up by the, the Washington offensive line. Uh, and that's particularly impressive when you look at how many penny passes they threw. I mean, they're back, you know, they're, they're, they're back dropping back to pass a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, he still no questions answered as far as his staff and all from him. He hasn't addressed that, but man, his, his, his clock right now has got to be just spinning. Now I do think yeah. the good news is, I think the hardest part of everything about being a college coach is behind him. Now I think sitting at the office, talking to players, talking to recruits, talking to coaches, that's where they really want to be, right? They don't want to be necessarily dressed up in a suit in front of, you know, Charlie Potter and everybody else, you know, smiling and all. That's just part of it. But I think now it slows down. 
He gets to meet with the guys, talks to the team. Last year was just one, you know, last night was just one big meeting. But now to sit down individually and talk to him and get to know him and talk about his staff and, you know, you know, do all that yep. little kind of stuff. How about the dynamic with Nick Saban? Talked about that and went as far as to say he told uh, Nick Saban he, he needs at least one thing a day from Nick that he thinks could help make uh, DeBoer's teams better. And he kind of joked and said, I'm sure Nick can give me 10 a day. But uh sounds like that's a – that's a stream he's willing to tap, uh, understandably so. Uh, that will be fascinating to watch play out. And I thought DeBoer got it, too. He didn't just stop with Nick Saban. And he he kissed the ring of Paul Bear Bryant, which is very, very smart uh, because it's it, it, it just illustrates for a couple reasons. It's because it's true. You know, the football program, and, and DeBoer kind of said this. He says, you know, we really have more than two legends that have kind of run this thing. But he kept it specific, the Saban uh, and Paul Bear Bryant, which is it's, it's a nice recruiting flex, too, because this was right. This was a recruiting opportunity in some ways, maybe sure. his first one for uh, Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think he touched on all the little things um, that he needed to as far as the University of Alabama pertain to the Nick Saban. You really like to hear that because you didn't know. And again, we've discussed this. We never felt that like. Nick Saban was going to be the kind of guy to keep knocking on your door and saying, coach, you got a minute. I got something I want to talk about, or I got some ideas. So to open it up and for him to reach out to him, I think is huge. Um, and again, to have that again, you know, you're, you know, I think the biggest question keeps going back to recruiting, can he recruit and all that stuff. And again, it, it is to be determined, but I mean, if anybody, if there's anybody's brain to pick about how to recruit at anywhere, Mars, you know, anywhere in the country, Nick Saban's the guy you want to be able to have at your uh, uh, on the on the speed dial. And again, he is doing breakout sessions as we speak. So there's going to be more from Kalen DeBoer today than just the main introductory press conference that we had for you here, courtesy of the University of Alabama, uh, and also what we're able to tell you while we're on. Uh, Tim, it's been a newsy day for Alabama. In addition to Kalen DeBoer being formally introduced, as we know. Traveris Robinson now moving on to the University of Georgia. More transfer portal activity. Des Ricks, the uh, first-year five-star corner, uh, has apparently entered the transfer portal, or at least has that intention. Antonio Kite, Isaiah Bond before them. Uh, this is this is kind of college football 2024, though, right? I mean, when you go through a coaching change, I don't care who you are. And it's something that Alabama fans should take even more thanks in that they haven't had to deal with this before now. But this is this is kind of the way it works, I guess. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, if you're smart, you kind of got to leave yourself some options, right? What if you don't like the new guy? But also, yeah. one, you know, they're not in the portal. They have intentions of going in the portal. So first, you got a chance to talk them out. Second, you still got a chance to talk them out even if they went in the portal. I mean, we saw that with Elijah Pritchett. And if you followed the portal itself, there's been a lot of guys that went in the portal that got back out of the portal going back to the exact same school, not necessarily Alabama related. So if you don't know the coach, you haven't had a lot of time to figure it out, you want to make sure you have options. It makes sense to go in the portal. You know, you got guys that are being, um, you know, recruited right off your campus. I mean, you got that. That's always the tampering. Always, always, yeah. Yeah. It's always going to be a factor, too, that'll, that goes into that. But, you know, I imagine that now he'll sit down and talk to the players, talk to the, you know, the parents and everybody involved and try to figure that out. But it's not surprising at all 
that people that that players would go into the portal. You know, the most interesting thing to me is offensively. I think defensively it makes sense. This guy's an offensive-minded coach. But if I'm a wide receiver or running back, if I'm anything on offense, including a long snapper, and I'm on Twitter looking at what this offense this guy run, there's no way I'm getting out of town. I mean, I'm absolutely all in and fired up. Defensively, you might have questions. You know what I mean? I mean, the you know, with you know, with T Rob being gone, you already had, you know, you had Coleman, he was already gone. Kevin Steele was already gone. So basically, Freddie Roach and Robert Bala, we haven't heard about right now, but most of the defensive staff is gone. And you, you know, once they figure out who the defensive coordinator is or who's going to be their position coach, um, they can sit down and talk to him and and go through the personnel guy. But again, it seems, it seems. I made a post on the roundtable. It seems like holy crap, everything's falling. But again, we're not even at the seventy-two hour window, and you know, all the stuff's been done pre-prom, and now your coach is just at the dance, and he's able to dance and do his thing, and that's what he's going to do best. Yeah. Um... The T-Rob situation, I know you had some information for us about that on the roundtable as well. Uh, you know, Given his status, and this this isn't to say he isn't a very valuable assistant because he is wherever he's sure. at. That's yeah. been the case with T-Rob. I'll also say it seems like it's bigger news at Alabama, or at least it has been during the Saban era, when a staff member leaves than when they come in, it seems like. So that gathers yeah, headlines. Know- in another there, were, cell. We, there was a butchering going on when Alabama hired T-Rob. I mean, there was fans that made fun of him. College coaches had snide comments to you know about it. Florida fans, Auburn fans, South Carolina fans all had stuff to say uh, on the way in. I think some Alabama fans questioned it too. So obviously, like you said, he did a good job going there. Alabama's always going to play a factor, not to take away from any coach. Um, the thing I think that T-Rob did the best he built relationships. And I think that's part of what the kids knew that was left because you've already got Coleman and Kevin Steele gone. So there's only a few more guys left. So you have to reestablish those relationships. You've kind of got to build on it and, you know, try to, you know, try to grow it from there. There, uh, no doubt about that. Um, so when you think about the the first 100 days for the head coach at Alabama, uh, I guess similar to a president uh, in some ways, stepping into that role, What's most important for Kalen DeBoer right now? We heard him talk about last night, already had some individual meetings, already had some leadership type meetings. Uh, He talked about culture being very, very important uh, during his introductory comments today. Um, Does it start right there with that existing roster? And then you're trying to juggle a recruiting class with that. Uh, So much on his plate right now. Yeah. I mean, you have so many guys. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you got so many guys on campus. So your signing class, your recruiting class, most of it's already there. I think that's the priority. Recruiting is always going to be a priority. You're always going to prioritize that. But keeping the guys on campus is the first thing because these are the guys that are going to war with you in September. This is what you're going to have to deal with when it comes spring ball, when the A-Day game. These are the guys that you're going to deal with. So I think also, not just I'm not just saying keep them on, recruit them and keep them there. I'm saying get to know them. What have you got? It's not like he's had time to sit down and break down the film of all four quarterbacks. He has not had time to sit down and look at any film of the five um, running backs. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you have to look at and factor into there, just getting to know them as people and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I think you you find your leaders. 
I think we've heard, you know, I think guys that would stand out, Malachi, Jalen, uh, Deontay Lawson, and there's going to be more than that. That's just three names. They're pretty vocal, visible guys. I think you start with them and you get them to rally because they do have relationships. Malachi has relationships with everybody in the DB room. Lawson has relationships with everybody in the linebacker room and Jalen, everybody on offense. But find out who your guys are, figure them out, and get them on your side and just go from there. But, yeah, naming your staff is going to be important because, hey, we're in a recruiting window. People yeah. have visitors on campus today. So, yeah, a lot's going on right now. There, there's a lot. There's a whole lot going on. And, again, when you think about staff for Alabama moving forward, you know, there is – certainly guys from the the latest Nick Saban staff that you'd love to keep around, but you had already seen some departures even before this change. So you're going to have to kind of brace yourself and be ready for the ups and downs. You know, it's almost like Alabama fans have lived off a trust fund for the last 17 years. And now you're going to have to kind of be like everybody else out there, at least in terms of, you know, getting things in place and getting the roster set for 2024. And, you know, when you think about some of that stuff too, uh, Tim, uh, the, the key pieces for this football team, perhaps returning and kind of figuring out how that might work. It sounds like Ryan Grubb, his offensive coordinator, uh, there with him really is ride or die as an assistant coach. Those two guys have been partner, kind of like you and I, I guess at BamaOnline.com. Um, it, it sounds pretty promising, I guess, in terms of, grub coming along but you know with that that leaves questions about maybe some other guys that that have been on the staff yeah and you don't know what opportunities the other ones have i mean like you said kevin Steele had already decided to retire hallman wiggins had taken a job at texas a&m coleman hutzler had taken a defensive coordinator job at mississippi state so there could be guys over there that have opportunities to climb up too right i mean this is yeah. a team that was in the national championship game um you know obviously the head coach and grub get a lot of the uh the credit, but you know, you look at that that team. That's a talented team. I was looking at mock drafts yesterday. Saw them with four in some of the mock drafts, four first round picks. So they're going to have other coaches that could have opportunities that might not want to come to Alabama. They might want to stay out west and have a chance, a position guy to get a coordinator. Um, so again, there's more questions than answers. Um, I just, you know, I preach patience, and it's kind of my nature, which is odd because I'm a very impatient person. But I preach patience, not just because you don't know, doesn't mean the answer is going to turn out to be bad. You know what I mean? I think that right. anxiety of not knowing uh, bothers people the most. So I think being patient here with, let's see who he hires. Let's see who he gets. Because I can tell you this, you don't want to be forcing no head coach to hire people. You know what I mean? Because of a certain reason, you want him to be comfortable with who he is and what he needs around him. And so far, he's did great with it. Pretty good sounding board to have available to him, too, and Nick Saban, right? Oh, if you yeah, want to run yeah. potential candidates. And as we talked about, that was the thing about Saban's retirement, right? There were candidates that were already going through the building for some of these jobs. So who knows yeah. who who maybe Saban's already laid the groundwork with that could still end up being on this staff with Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, I think, you know, if, you know, I'd say that we're sports fans. And if you've ever watched a game thread, First quarter, 10 minutes and 37 seconds left. A ball is dropped, and oh, hell, here we, you know, that the, the sky is falling and then win by, you know, 17 points later. I think the coaching search has got to be what the final score is. Nobody cares what the, what the score is at the end of the first quarter. You know, nobody cares about that. Right now, we need to figure out, um, 
we need to figure out exactly – he needs to figure out exactly who he's going to have on his staff, he's comfortable with his staff, and then figure out – because, I, I mean, the one thing I know and I keep saying is you don't win without talent, right? And he wins, so he's got talent, so he has to know how to get them because they're not just showing up going, Coach, I'm really good, I'm here for you. He's got to know how to figure out how to put a roster together. And don't forget, you know, guys portal out. April, this guy's pretty good in the portal, right? April's going to have a pretty chance. good and – yeah, yeah, and we're we're getting some questions in the chat about Courtney Morgan, his GM that was with him out there at the University of Washington. And we hit on him yesterday on the roundtable. I'd done a little research on him. And also Jarrett McElwain, who, if that sounds familiar, it's the son of Jim McElwain. Jarrett, uh, the director of scouting for DeBoer out at the University of Washington. Now there's reports, and we actually saw it last night. If you don't think Courtney Morgan's important, to DeBoer's process, just go back and watch the footage from the airport because Courtney Morgan was on the plane with the DeBoers when they landed in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, so a was. guy that's been part and parcel in building rosters for DeBoer, he had done it at Michigan. Um, and I think the portal is, is a part of that for sure. I think NIL increasing that presence at Alabama is going to be a part of that. But I also think Courtney Morgan, if you do your research on him, along with DeBoer, they're not big on running out there to recruits and saying, here's your deal before guys ever step on campus. Because they have talked about the importance of the locker room dynamic as it relates to NIL. And that kind of aligns with what we had seen and heard from Nick Saban. Yeah, that's going to be big. I mean, when you got when you have people that are selfish in the NIL era, first of all, you don't want people in there grudgingly griping about their NIL, getting other people going. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever worked at a fast food job, but it doesn't take much for one guy to be mad who's working the lettuce to get the fry cooked mad. I remember when I was 15 years old, I had three guys in their early 20s had me ready to walk out. I'd just been there two weeks. So, yeah, you need that You need that chemistry. Those guys can, uh, you know, rock from the inside. So, again, you want to have them all on the same page. Um, which is ideal for anything. And I will say that's kind of picking up the pieces. And he said that just laying down the next stepping stone for what Nick Saban's already done, because the culture's there already. And you're going to, you can't have 85 scholarship players, 15 more on the team and not have a few guys that are selfish. I just think you got to weed out and risk versus reward, weigh that and figure out who to keep and let them go. Yeah. Saban said it before. You got to figure out this time of year, the guys you need to get on the bus and off the bus and not just get on the bus, but where do you, where are they seated on the bus? You know, those are all things that are important uh, during the, during the off season. And we see this here from stubby one zero eight five in the wake of this introductory day for Kalen DeBoer at the university of Alabama. Stubby asks honest expectations for DeBoer. Is it to make the playoffs his first year Anywhere besides Bama, that would be a lot to ask. And, you know, look, as we've talked about, this is not a program in decline. That may be the biggest favor Nick Saban has done for Alabama in this last three or four days. It's heartbreak. I get that. But he's not leaving this thing. He's not leaving a jalopy, you know, for Kalen DeBoer to try to resurrect, try to get running again. This thing's ready to run like a Ferrari. Um you know, like a high-end sports uh, car right now, Tim. Yes, before I answer, I'm going to ask you guys to like and subscribe. I always Travis always forgets. He's got me out here. <laughs> I got the like and subscribe. Do us That's a favor. That... 
Travis does a lot of work. I mean, the least y'all could do for this beautiful face, these nice hoodies, these hats we got on is give us a like and a subscribe and be here. Because I tell you, we're being more and more active on the YouTube page, having a good time with it. With every, this is a brand new start for all of us. Yeah. Um, so give us a like, give us, you know, subscribe. Love to have you guys here for the long haul for the next year. And Stubby, I'll tell you this. If this roster, if you said right now nobody's leaving, I'd say yes. I think it's a playoff caliber team. I think if nobody's leaving the exact roster right now, I think it's a caliber team. Now, it's a, a playoff caliber team because I just saw him take less talent to the playoffs. You know, I know it's not the same schedule, but he had to beat Oregon twice. He had to beat, you know, Texas to get to that game. He played some other ranked teams people are forgetting about. Um, so, yes, I think it's a playoff team. With that said, we're going to have to see what that roster looks like come April when everything, when the dust settles. But talent is there. Like Travis said, you had number one class last year, number two class this year. They've been successful in the portal. There's a lot of experience. So I think the talent's there if it stays intact. But you have to see what's left, you know, when the season starts. Yeah, that's the great unknown. That's the impossible question to answer right now is what is this roster going to look like on February 15th around Valentine's Day? Uh, if if they're able to sustain this roster in large part and also this recruiting class and mix in what still could be out there from a transfer portal perspective as you move into the summer, absolutely. Going from four to 12 teams, it's not unreasonable to expect at all for Alabama to be in the next CFP. Hey, Tim, we got so much stuff going on right now at BamaOnline.com, man. The roundtable, our message board you did a nice job with the shout out for the YouTube channel. I appreciate that. But where the roundtable is going to be the place to be for the foreseeable future, as it always is, really, for anything related to Alabama football, Alabama men's basketball, too. We're going to have them covered, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's moving 90 to nothing. I enjoy it. I know I've had 100, 200, 300 people say, you know, I must be ready to jump off a bridge or whatever. I'm not. I mean, I, I was ready for this moment. I mean, I don't know if it's just me and you muscle memory from Mike Trot Price and Shula and DeBose and everything we had to go through. But, I mean, it just kind of clicked in. Um, never seen a coach in search of this magnitude. Never seen one go this fast. I mean, can yeah. you imagine this bad boy drug into, you know, drug into two weeks from now? I mean, the, uh, the panic would set in. But, yeah, the activity, the discussion, you know, the – Everything that's going on, there's just more questions than answers, but we'll provide the answers as we get them. Yeah, you got Alabama men's hoops against Mississippi yeah. State tonight, too. So, yeah, we've got you State's covered. Coming off a win at against Tennessee. Yeah, so yes, they are. Alabama's a one and a half point dog, so it would be a nice little win. It's a tough game, a good challenge. Yeah. So, yeah, but all the news right now about Kalen DeBoer joining the Alabama Crimson Tide as the 28th head coach of Alabama football. I thought it was pretty cool. Greg Byrne gave him a Javier Arenas jersey. Did you see that? that was, gave him that number. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, was that, that, the, that wasn't a Javier the, Arenas jersey? What was the 28 for? I know I'm missing it. I was 28th head coach. Okay, I thought that was it. I thought it would be yeah. better to give him the next national championship number. Yeah, that, like that would kind of let him know. That would hey, – well, Greg, Byrne, hey, know, Greg Byrne's been, been putting – Hey, he put himself on the hot seat. Might as well bring uh, Kalen in there with him, you know? This isn't a Kendrick Law or Keanu Coots jersey, by the this way, Kalen. Next this year, is, buddy. Yeah, next year. Just next year. 
not the second or third, but uh, by all accounts, I thought it was the the performance that you wanted to see from Kalen DeBoer on the big stage. Again, there's breakout interviews going on in Tuscaloosa. Charlie Potter of our staff will have us covered from that perspective. So no shortage of football talk for the coming days. And you still got a forming staff. You've got transfer portal. We're chasing it all for you there at BamaOnline.com. Hey, Tim, appreciate you taking the time, my man. Hey, anytime. We look forward to seeing you guys, and it can be at any moment. So like and subscribe so you'll know. Like and subscribe. Yeah, turn loves all those notifications. The, Travis loves the live. We used to do everything taped. Nope. I got, I, I, sometimes I have an issue with a with a certain four-letter word. It begins with an F. Well, I have thrown down my A couple of them. One, I, yeah. I've toned down. I, well, that's the big one, either. but I've toned it down for this show. So, like and subscribe where you'll know we are coming at you. Turn on those notifications and uh, we'll keep you up to date. And as it breaks, we'll have it for you at bamaonline.com on the roundtable and then certainly right here on our YouTube channel as well. For Tim Watts, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us. Until next time, so long, everybody. <laughs>